African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the rights to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us for another interactive installment of African Dialogue. Right here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Remember, we're broadcasting live from uh, South Africa. And you're listening to us on DSTV on Channel 902, online on www.channelafrica.co.za. Thank you for joining us as well. If you are listening to us via our shortwave services, uh, thank you to our entire community that listens to our programming. Well, today we're going to be looking at a very interesting projection in to the year 2016 which is next year uh, 2016 is said to be the international year of pulses in 2013 the united nations declared that 2016 will be international year of pulses and it seems to be positioning uh, really pulses as a primary primary source of protein and other essential nutrients we know with uh, global change we need to diversify really our source of protein now we're going to be looking at that advantages and why 2016 is projected to be the year of uh, pulses. I was actually really, really surprised by this when I got a call from uh, one of uh, the uh, interviewees who was is not going to be joining us today, but I once spoke to them on our program. Really, they gave me this particular story to highlight that uh, there is a projection of uh, 2016 being the International Year of Pulses. On the line, we're joined by Rose Mutuku, who is in Kenya and is the founder and CEO of Smart Logistics, a supplier of beans to the manufacturing industry for brewing, milling and animal feed as well as uh, uh, to humanitarian food agencies. Uh, today she'll be talking to us, really looking at bean production as part of her world and well, also look at how farmers can adapt to the situation right now and why it is also a potential market for small farmers to scale up bean production across the African continent. We're also joined by Jean-Claude Rubiogo who's a bean expert who's going to looking at uh, really helping us is from the Pan uh, African Bean Research Alliance which is associated with uh, the CIAT also we'll be looking at uh, how can actually uh, we develop uh, some uh, commodities of beans in different African countries as a main commodity also of export now we've got them on the line let's see if uh, we can actually uh, really expand on this particular conversation Rose thank you for joining us on the program Uh, Jean-Claude thank you as well for being part of our program today you're welcome thank you too well let's start with you um rose in terms of being a uh, a kenya founder of a ceo smart logistics and a supplier of beans a very unique kind of business what's uh, actually informed this particular decision to go into this particular direction uh thank you very much uh what informed me to go into this particular direction is actually the opportunities that were there of uh investment and trading in beans, and also uh, of being able to work with smallholder farmers and uh, able to uplift their capacity and to, to interact with the industrial market and also trade therein. That's what informed my decision. And why the product of beans itself? Because maybe that's a product that's very sidelined. Not a lot of focus can be put on that particular product, especially as a commodity. 
this has a great opportunity, especially here in Africa. Uh, if you look at uh, the, the, the market in Africa, you'll find that like, nearly every household consumes a kilo of bean per, per, per week, especially the, 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 the bottom of the pyramid, and most of the people in Africa consume a lot of beans. So if you look at the beans that have been moving in the market, then you'll realize that uh, uh, there's a good opportunity for trading in there, and there's a very good opportunity for trading in beans uh, in, in, in this part of the, of the, of the world. Mm. Let me move that to you, Jean-Claude Rubiogo. We see that 2016 is going to be the International Year of Pulses. When we speak about pulses, what are we actually speaking about? Maybe that term is not one that a lot of people are actually, uh, one that people understand or can actually identify to. Uh, can we break that down, what we mean by pulses? Uh, thank you, Benjamin. Uh, I think that's a bit of clarification on pulses. Pulses are legume crop but which is not oily crop. So that's excluding the soya bean, the groundnut. So pulses mainly entail to beans, pigeon peas, the chickpea, lentils, uh, faba beans, mm. so cowpea. These crops which are not uh, the oil content is not for industrial use, but they are mainly focusing on them as a source of protein, as a source of mineral, but with the very minimum oil content. Mm. So that's the pulses. Well, staying with so you, Jean- are, sure. So carry on, Jean-Claude. They've been neglected in mm. the past, but I think now is the time that the world and the global uh, community look at them as a source of protein incomes as well as uh, other uses. I know that uh, when it comes to pulses and beans and some of the products that you've highlighted under the pulses category, there seems to be, uh, like you highlighted, a sidelining of that particular form of protein because maybe we think that it's it, it's not a it's not a high priced commodity. Maybe people associate to meat because it's costly, and maybe there's a classist distinction to why we don't actually utilize beans. There are stereotypes that are actually attached to pulses. They're only for poor people, that kind of narrative. What are your thoughts around those particular stereotypes that we have around pulses? That's a very good question, Benjamin. I think that is not now what we are going through and educating people that pulses are not for the poor people. They used to be called poor man's crop because people associated with the poor. But as the health concerns coming in, as the animal proteins, not only that they're scarce, but also at the same time, they cost a lot of money. But at the same time, they are not healthy. But where we could get proteins uh, from these pulses, we could get the good minerals, because they are very rich in iron and zinc, some of them. They are very good vitamin, very good fiber. So they present a lot of uh, nutritional qualities, which are exceptional to them, which don't exist in, in the animal protein. And they are healthy, so they provide healthy food. So those people with the, uh, chronic diseases, diabetes, and other so it has been demonstrated scientifically how the pulses contribute to better health and nutrition uh, than the animal protein. Mm. Coming back to you, Rose, what, what are your thoughts around those particular stereotypes that we have towards pulses? Uh, did you have to deal with those particular uh, issues and uh, misperceptions that people have about pulses when you started your business as well? Yes, 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 because uh, you'll find that... Uh, most people, especially in, uh, in, in, in Kenya, here where we are, uh, used to eat beans when they were growing up. 
and uh, uh, most of them were coming from poor backgrounds. So when they were growing up, they were eating beans every day. Uh, so when they were, well, when they went now back into the urban centers, they felt that beans belonged to the poor people. So everybody was trying to get out of the bean system and uh, maybe move into uh, animal protein that is meat and other things, which was perceived as the trendy or the the the, the food for the rich. And so how do you debunk those particular stereotypes, Rose, especially as someone who's pioneering this uh, commodity and supplying beans? How do you actually say, no, 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 that's not the case? Uh, because uh, the, the, the best thing about it today is mm. uh, uh, because of the health benefits and, sure. uh, of course, the health consciousness that most people have today, then they have started realizing that beans are actually a healthy alternative to meat and uh, other proteins. So yeah, the rich are now also going back to eating mm. beef. And uh, that also makes marketing easier for us. And at the same time, as we are working with the rural communities, because the opportunities that we have here is to work with the rural communities who are producers of beef themselves, uh, we're going back to them and telling them, look here, this is the benefit of beef. This is the nutritional value. And we come up with marketing uh, uh, campaigns through various medias and trying to talk to the people and telling them beans are actually beneficial. Mm. And then it's, we are seeing it taking a lot of root and most uh, producers, especially uh, the rural producers, the smallholders, are now growing, taking up beans as a commercial, as a commercial venture mm. because they are looking at the benefit of the economic income. I'll give an example. Uh, if you look beans versus other crops like maize, and uh, sorghum that is growing in this region, you find that uh, a kilo of pulses will fetch around half a dollar at fungus, while the, a kilo of the other crops like maize and the rest will fetch less than a quarter dollar. So now farmers are looking at it as a, an economic uh, income to them, and at the same time, we are pushing in a heavy campaign to put up the nutrition factors to them. Mm. That's very interesting. I'm also interested at uh, the level of, um, you know, um, you know, the, the seed in itself, how strong is it is. And maybe I should come back to you, Jean-Claude, on some of those issues that were brought to you by, by uh, uh, Rose Mutuku there, highlighting that actually it's, um, it, when it comes to costs as a farmer, it doesn't cost you that much to actually farm beans and pulses. But also in terms of global climate change, we're seeing that uh, weather patterns are changing and uh, sometimes there's droughts in certain countries such as South Africa and also the Southern Hemisphere. We experiencing this particular drought here in this part of Africa. Uh, are beans actually conducive for these particular dry seasons that we're facing on the continent? Well, uh, that's a very good question. I think, again, we're looking on beans, which is, has been a very uh, has been a crop which has been there for some time in Africa. But as the climate change also comes in because based on our prediction, based on climate change prediction, we think that by 2050, the temperatures will rise to 2 to 3 degrees mm. higher. Mm. And the, if the scenario continues, that means the, the bean production will reduce by almost half. So what such institution like ours, International Center for Tropical Agriculture, Seattle was able to do is to develop the varieties using the wild uh, beans 
and then with the common beans which usually have and eat here, which are this wild that drought tolerant, so we're able to cross them with the common beans and get a variety which are heat tolerant and, and then which also can resist that high temperature. In such a way that these beans will be available to farmers in order to address this climate change and the temperatures as well. But in addition to that, we also thinking that uh, once we get them, we can expand the beans in the area which are usually now dry and get those beans and expand the area under beans. That's one option. But mm-hmm. in addition to that, we also have been able to develop the varieties which are early maturing, which escape drought. Usually they can, they, the growth period can be 90 days. So we're able to get varieties which are 60 days with the minimum rainfall. They can still produce, they can escape the drought. So we have been able to tackle the climate change in different angles, either the heat or the early maturity. So those are the, how we are able to now predict the scenario and work toward addressing those constraints. Very interesting indeed. And, you know, bean production is one that we actually sideline as we highlighted the program. Maybe taking it back to you as the listener, do you think that uh, we can actually change this particular uh, trend instead of always following this whole meat trend? We can actually look at um, uh, beans and other forms of uh, pulses as a main commodity of protein for us as consumers. And also in terms of the opportunities that lie in bean production can be a main export for Africa. We heard also the health benefits that come with this particular uh, product, beans and other forms of pulses. What are your thoughts around this conversation? We've got Rose Mutoku, who is in Kenya right now, founder and CEO of Smart Logistics, a supplier of beans. And also we've got Jean-Claude Rubiogo, who's a bean expert. And later on, he'll uh, give us uh, some of uh, uh, really uh, the works that are taking place and how the climbing bean in Rwanda works. We'll also find out a little bit about that there's also a development of the commodity white gold bean in Ethiopia uh, and also there's all various things that are taking place in terms of this particular arena let us know your thoughts plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero that is our sms plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three let's take a quick break we'll be back with our guests and continue this very interesting conversation Across the globe, every second, there's always a breaking story. Kultranjoy for Channel Africa Radio in Ethiopia's capital, Addis Ababa. For Channel Africa, I'm Lillian Strobach, reporting from the ICC in The Hague. Reporting for Channel Africa, I'm Hilda Kekeloa in Zambia. Our cutting-edge and hard-hitting journalism leaves no stone unturned, giving you the whole picture every time. George Muhango. Channel Africa, Blantyre. This is Lansana Fofana reporting for Channel Africa from Freetown. Reporting for Channel Africa in Harare, Zimbabwe, this is Simon Muchemwa. Reporting for Channel Africa, this is Moki Kinzeka in Yaoundi. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese, and Chinyanja, informing the world about Africa. in Lesotho. Reporting for Channel Africa, Konyo in Nairobi. Join us every day and know what is happening around you. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. 
Yes, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Benjamin Moshatama, and today we're looking at 2016 being the International Year of Pulses. Uh, it was declared in 2013, the, International, the United Nations highlighted that, uh, that 2016 will be the International Year of Pulses. In terms of that particular commitment, we're finding out what does that actually mean for Africa. We've got Rose Mutuku, who is uh, in Kenya, joining us there and founder and CEO of Smart Logistics and also Jean-Claude Rubiogo who is uh, from the Pan-African Bean Research Alliance. Also, he's a bean expert who can actually help us with really looking at some of the scientific perspectives of this particular issue of uh, pulses. And we were breaking down what pulses are and uh, how can pulses be a primary source of protein and other essential nutrients. But coming back to that commitment of 2016 being the International Year of Pulses, uh, coming to you, Rose Mutuku, have we heard anything from the United Nations in terms of uh, certifying next year as the 2016 year of uh, uh, pulses? Has that been confirmed yet? Yeah, it has been confirmed. Okay, fantastic. And I know that uh, there was a launch in New York uh, for uh, the International Year of Pulses where a celebration of uh, pulse crops declared by the United Nations set to take place throughout 2016. Now, let's come back to some of uh, this area of how we can diversify in terms of the potential that lies in uh, bean production, diversifying the markets. Rose, what are your thoughts around small farmers, the potential that lies for them to even export the product? Uh, the farm, this is, farmers have a lot of potential, mm. I'll say, uh, because uh, for them, growing pulses is more fun than growing other crops. They use less water, and they are sure because of the climatic changes, they are sure of a crop, mm. and they also are sure to feed their families. Then they are selling the supply to the market. And of course, we're encouraging them now to plant for the market and produce for the market without actually looking at, uh, at, at only the surplus that they, they might produce in there. And this is happening uh, uh, very fast because of the economic value and the income that the farmers are getting in there. We are also diversifying our products of beans. We are looking at other products that have never been there. Uh, I'll give an example. The time of cooking beans have been a big hindrance to production by smallholder farmers because... Um, it will take uh, a lot of firewood. It will also take a lot of uh, energy and time. Just sitting like for two hours, one and a half hours, waiting for a meal to cook. So, and it's also been uh, discouraging the urban, uh, the urban uh, mm-hmm. consumers who are in the, in the market to consume beans because they don't have the time to wait for beans to, to boil for, for hours on end. So we're coming up with exciting products like a pre-cooked bean variety that does not need refrigeration and uh, expensive. It's going by, I, I can say, strange because you can uh, actually get it in, the, in different uh, in, uh, in, in, in different ways. You know, sure. you, can, you can season it, you can do whatever you want with it, and cook it within 10 to 15 minutes, and you have your meal. Mm. But this is a piece to most consumers, and also the smallholder farmers, they are happy with it because uh, it, it takes less time to cook. Uh, the researchers are also doing a great job. They have come up with bean varieties that cook also in 30 minutes without even having to go through uh, a manufacturing process. And these beans also are tasty, 
and they, they, they produce less gas. You know, most people didn't like beans because they, they produce a lot of gas in the stomach. So mm. they are they producing less gas. And all these beans are then becoming very appealing to the consumers, both in the urban and the rural sector. So we are seeing that trend really changing. And uh, for the smallholder farmers, really, it's the income in it and also the nutritional values that they are getting out of the beans. I love that idea that also there's been a lot of diversity in terms of uh, the nature of the beans themselves. And I love that even to prepare them, you actually have less time to prepare them. And that could actually save energy. We know that we also have an energy crisis in Africa as well. Jean-Claude Rubioko, you've worked and seen some developments of different forms of bean projects that have taken part in different parts of uh, the continent. I've been told that you know a little bit about the climbing bean in Rwanda, the gold bean in Ethiopia. Tell us a little bit more about some of the trends you've seen of what's happening in this uh, uh, field. Excellent. Uh, thank you, Benjamin. Maybe just to compliment uh, my uh, friend and colleague, uh, Rose, is that for a couple of years I've seen been changing from a mere food security, subsistence uh, crop, to a more or less like a commodity industrial crop. So from a couple of 10 years I've seen people investing uh, in bean commodity, not just uh, the normal trade, but processing, value addition. And as, as researchers, what we're able to do is to look at that trend, look at the market, and to come back and uh, help them to, to respond, to, to help them to invest. So mm. Because what we're doing for the moment is research not just uh, for development alone, but research for investment, to help investors like Mutuku and others to see how they can invest in this opportunity, create employment, create different products, and then that's translated to better incomes for the farmer, to the value chain actors, but also better nutritive and uh, highly palatable or less cooking time, like uh, what Rose said. So to give an example, uh, for a couple of years, what we have been able to do uh, across uh, the Pan-African Bean Research Alliance, which operates in 30 countries uh, uh, in Africa, for instance, in Ethiopia, as we indicated, uh, they have a white pea uh, bean, what people eat in the morning, they're called baked beans, they're called the canning beans, mm. uh, white one, which people serve a breakfast or any time. So it's an industry which started the 10 years ago, which had the next more export of uh, eight, just one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, seven, eight million US dollars. For the moment, it is now 100 million US dollar investment by invest people who clean, who buy beans from farmers, white beans, mm. clean them, pack them, and export them. So they employ closer to 500 employees in their factory. They clean them and sell. So that shows how uh, this 100 million US dollar per year uh, goes to the hands of the farmers and other value chain actors. So that's now beans are listed on the commodity exchange in Ethiopia. That shows how beans moved from a mayor subsistence crop to a commodity which is highly marketable, and that's only white pea beans. So, again, as researchers, we have been able to do research uh, which is based on the market. Mm-hmm. So there's a diff- beans is like a type of crops that people like the white, that people like the red, that people like the yellow, mm-hmm. that people like the sugar beans like in Southern Africa region. So what researchers were able to do is to develop this market type which fit in people's consumption, and then work with industry to see how they can either build a strong value chain 
So that's uh, the farmer benefit, the actors, actors in the value chain benefit, and the consumer benefit. So we have been able to do that market responsive research, also research for investment. Ethiopia is one example, as I was indicated. I just came from a trip in Ethiopia. Mm. I was surprised one of the farmer, uh, farmers we worked together for a couple, worked with the Ethiopian Institute of Agricultural Research, with the CIAT together. Uh, he moved from one hectare of small holder uh, seed uh, production. For the moment, he's producing 100 metric tons of, uh, of seed, which he sells to different seed hectares. Uh, uh, and that's, again, has invested more than 50 hectares across his uh, farm. So that shows how beans are changing the face as a commodity. Mm-hmm. Coming back to Rwanda, uh, Rwanda was a net importer of beans sometimes back. Uh, that was like uh, they are importing beans. This is a major commodity in Rwanda, where the, cons- the consumption of beans goes up to uh, probably uh, 200 grams per day. What we're able to do, the land uh, scarcity there is very major. The area under uh, household can be 0.7 hectares. So we brought the climbing beans, which uh, produce in height, not in the horizontal. And that's a double or triple the production, and that increases the availability. For the moment, Rwanda is the net importer of beans uh, to other uh, neighboring countries. So hmm. these beans, which are climbers, at the same time, they have high productivity. They have high uh, uh, also nutrition levels. Some are high iron and zinc. But also at the same time, uh, the climbers, which, which, which used to be like uh, 5% of the area 10 years ago, hmm. uh, now they're almost at 50% of area with those kind of beans which are highly productive. At the same time, we're then also to introduce those varieties with the heat tolerance and then spread it to other parts of Rwanda. So there's a kind of intervention which link to the market, the utilization, as well as the production. Hmm. Very, very great stuff indeed. And I think uh, we're seeing with those particular examples that agriculture is becoming a new potential for uh, actually the continent, especially when it comes to uh, entrepreneurial uh, advancements for the continent. What are your thoughts around this conversation? 2016 was said to be the International Year of Pulses. We're having a great conversation with Rose Mutuku and we're having a, a conversation with Jean-Claude Rubioko. What are your thoughts? Plus two seven seven nine six. Send us your SMSs. This is African Dialogue with me, Benjamin Mushatama. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back and we'll continue with this conversation. I think we also need a cultural change, a behavioral change from us as citizens as well of the continent. We highlighted the stereotypes as well. And Rose highlighted a little bit of behavioral changes from some people in parts of the continent, actually seeing potential in beans, seeing the health benefits that come from actually eating beans. What are your thoughts? Plus two seven seven nine. Six nine five seven nine three. We're taking this conversation before most people actually dwelling into it. You know, it will be a big conversation in 2016. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back. Across the globe, every second, there's always a breaking story. Culture and Joy for Channel Africa Radio in Ethiopia's capital, Addis Ababa. For Channel Africa, I'm Lillian Strobach, reporting from the ICC in The Hague. Reporting for Channel Africa, I'm Hilda Kekeloa in Zambia. Our cutting-edge and hard-hitting journalism leaves no stone unturned, giving you the whole picture every time. George Muhango. 
Channel Africa Blantyre. This is Lansana Fofana reporting for Channel Africa from Freetown. Reporting for Channel Africa in Harare, Zimbabwe. This is Simon Muchemwa. Reporting for Channel Africa. This is Moki Kinzeka in Yaoundi. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese, and Chinyanja. Informing the world about Africa. in Lesotho. Reporting for Channel Africa, Mwaigi Konyo in Nairobi. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Yes, this is Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. You with me, Benjamin Mushatama. Remember, you can listen to us on DSTV on Channel 902. Thank you as well for listening to us online on www.channelafrica.co.za. This is African Dialogue, bringing you some of the biggest conversations on the continent. Something that we sideline is uh, the issue of pulses, bean production. And that's what we're talking about because in 2016, uh, the year of uh, pulses, it has been deemed by the United Nations and today we're speaking about we're speaking rather with experts who are part of uh, this movement and is a renaissance of its own indeed that is uh, taking place and I want to look at some other areas in terms of cultural changes in terms of uh, uh, actually purchasing uh, beans uh, itself we need that kind of cultural uh, behavioral change as well from different African societies and also uh, also outside the continent because this can be one of the, a big export commodity that we actually take out to other countries outside of the continent. Rose Mutuku, in terms of teaching people about the benefits of beans and, and, and pulses, it seems like it's something that we haven't done very well because maybe as Africans we used to beans. It's something in our everyday life and it's easy for us to, uh, to actually lose it and just walk away from it, not knowing that it wasn't just necessarily uh, a food that we were eating because we were poor, but was actually good for us. You know, some, sometimes we think we eat foods that are uh, actually because we're poor, but actually those foods could be good for us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, I think there are a lot of perceptions about food and the habits, and that has uh, really hindered us from uh, taking the benefit of a lot of uh, of products that are in the market and also that have been around us for decades. For example, I believe everybody grew up and they knew beans but they just ignored what are being. So and as, as, as we look also at the, at the perceptions of people, we're looking at beans also as being a very lucrative business, you know. There's a, a, I can say there's a, there's a piece of cake for everybody in there. Mm. Uh, look at, uh, if you're going to handle beans for export, then we need investment in terms of machinery sure. for cleaning, grading. We are looking at standardizations of beans also. Sure. Uh, there's opportunity for people doing... Uh, for uh, uh, that, that is the bagging bags for for, for 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 the beans as they get to the market. The opportunities for transporters. There's opportunity for so many people. So if you look at beans uh, in the in uh, in a nutshell, then we can say that uh, uh, it will actually drive uh, economic growth for the countries that are, are handling and also the countries that are consuming, because there's a big market demand for beans, especially in India. You know, uh, they are basically mm-hmm. uh, being consumers, and uh, and as, as you're also looking at the other countries, the sure. urbanisation up. Then there's also a huge opportunity. For example, uh, in, in in this side of Africa, uh, beans was never being sold in supermarkets. Nobody was packing beans. You'll only find beans at the side of the road, 
and uh, at the small traders in the in the, in the small shopkeepers yes, areas yes. of commerce. But today we are seeing bins being packed by different companies in a trendy way and uh, expanding the, its, its way to the supermarket shelves. And surprisingly, you'll even find cooked beans in refrigerators in the in the supermarket. That means that then uh, beans is taking its rightful place in the society and it's becoming um, the crop that we can trade in and also the crop that can actually uh, balance some things in our in the, in the, in the can I say the the, the, the Yes. Mm. Let me move that to you, Jean-Claude Robioko. I, I heard something that was highlighted by Rose in terms of uh, production, and she focused on just the value chain as well that actually is introduced if we look at this as the market potential in, in, in beans. But also, I'm also interested in terms of uh, uh, production states and also processing technologies um, and production technologies. Is Africa there? Do we have the right technologies and equipment to actually see ourselves actually accelerating this particular process? Good. I think that's a good question. We have seen that when we have a value chain approach, as um, as was indicated, which probably is translating to better profit for the farmer, then the farmers can invest. Farmers respond to incentives. So as the bills become commercial, that means if you build a value chain which is strong, which is profitable, not only to farmers, but also other actors. That translates to better incomes. And then that better income, farmers can invest in other productive technology, including quality seed of these improved mm-hmm. varieties, including agronomic practices. So what we found, again, give an example of Ethiopia or Rwanda, is that uh, when, uh, 10 years ago in Ethiopia, they used the uh, productivity per hectare uh, was uh, 700 kilograms or 0.0. Uh, 0.7 tons per hectare. Mm. So that was 10 years ago. But when we took, we took a value chain approach, when we work with industry, when we work with the private sector to invest in commodity, and then they also export quality, that means the incomes, they pay better the farmers because they're looking on quality. Farmers respond to that incentive. And then when their incomes, farmers' price went up, at the farm get level, so they're able to buy quality seed, and that's what happened. Mm. And then they're able, they were not weeding beans before, they were weeding once. Mm. Now for the moment, they are weeding three times. So the quality was the poor quality stones and other items. They are no longer uh, an issue when you buy from them. So the yield has now improved from 0.7 to 1.5 ton per hectare. Mm. So you can see how farmers responded to incentives, uh, so you cannot tell the farmer to invest in productive technology unless there is incentive. So if you take that value chain approach, which translates to better incomes and profit for farmers, certainly farmers respond and invest. So that's the approach I've been using, and uh, we are seeing the results. Mm. So that's how also again in Rwanda, to invest in, in the kind of beings which requires takes, people have to value, people have to see the benefit, and once they see that the productivity can increase, it can... They can get a better income, they can get a better food, then farmers respond to this product uh, by, uh, by also using this uh, productive technology. So that's the approach we have. But also, in addition, we have been having uh, varieties with uh, high productivity, uh, tolerant to disease and pests, 
so which adapted to the local conditions. Our breeding has been very efficient to get uh, resistance to this variety and increase their productivity. At the same time, also use better agronomic practices. Mm. So I, I think it's something which is possible. It has been done, as I just indicated, and uh, that's what now the Bible we are spreading. Mm. Well, we've highlighted the real nutritional benefits. We've highlighted some of the issues of how do we break those stereotypes that we have towards uh, pulses and beans. And also something that maybe we take for granted is the fact that there's a lot of potential that lies in this particular industry in itself. But hey, let's wrap it up. We've got only a few minutes left in terms of uh, the International Year of Pulses, which is next year, 2016. Uh, starting with you, Jean-Claude Robiogo, in terms of how do we make sure that this is not just a theme, but is one that will come into practice, will reach also ordinary people on the ground, ordinary smallholder farmers, and also be an impactful year for the industry and not just a talk shop, but one that is going to actually advance the industry and make sure that uh, we have one that actually accelerates African economies as well? Excellent. Uh, thank you, Benjamin. So that's uh, for information of the listeners. We are Working out, uh, we are developing a program for the next year, uh, which is Year of Pulses, with other partners as well. Uh, we have a signature event. One of them is a meeting, a Pan-African legume meeting in the Zambia Livingstone uh, area, where we'll have uh, one-week discussions and the show of research innovation, which will have bring together uh, the researchers, the private sector investors, the farmers, the donor and the policy makers to see the innovations that used to see also the impact the innovation have been able to, 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 to generate and how also how we can scale that and how also the lesson we have learned and how the lesson can be learned. So that is one of them. But also in each country of an African being the Alliance. Mm. Are you, okay, are you there with us? I think yes, we've I, okay. I think we've lost Rose there, but uh, let's uh, continue with with you and wrap it up with you, Jean Claude. You can continue. All right. So I'm also saying that each member of the Pan African Bean Research Alliance, Pablo, we also people are organizing interaction with the volunteer actors, with the policymakers. So they will have the field day. They will have demonstrations. They will, which not just for the productive technology, but the utilization, the cooking, and the information and interaction with the with the consumers, with the market, with the value chain actors. So to show what the research together with the partners can make, and then this this also success story can be shared. So you have a cooking demonstration. So there are several tackle areas we are tackling together to demonstrate the investment and and then to see how it can uh, be impactful. But as I mm. said, in addition, our research is not research only for development, it's sure. not research for getting the variety, it's research for investment, investment for private sector, investment for public uh, area where they can come and see the product, the technology and they use them. We also work with investors, do investment, investment analysis as the roles indicated, the, the cooking beans, the private sector uh, industries who are looking at how to reduce that cooking time. You know that that's, if it happened, uh, what you have seen is going to be launched soon. This product, the product, the cooking will be launched in Rwanda mm. as well as in Kenya. So then you also, once you get, you reduce that cooking time, that includes the consumers uh, uh, who usually are having probably problem of energy, which will be reduced. So the moment you increase the consumption, you also that translates into farmers' gain 
having better products as well as better incomes because the consumer base increases, that's provide the market for the farmer. So all these are coming sure. together. And, and then research, as researchers, we diversified our technology, we defined our research area. It's not just uh, breeding or technology in terms of production, mm. but also going to nutrition, showing the benefits of nutrition, working with the nutritionists. Also the market, we're also linking with the market, helping the investors in the market to look at being as a economic options. And that creates value addition, creates employment to millions of not only farmers alone, but also millions of other people who are employed, either in the industry, either in the sector of transport, post harvest mm. management, insurance. All these are coming together and the commodity grows. Well, so that's, that's, what, uh, that's, uh, that's what we are going to do. Uh, we are doing now and then sure. the next year and beyond. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Jean-Claude, for giving us your views and giving us your time here on Channel Africa. Hope to speak to you again. I'm sure I will because next year I'm sure is going to be a busy year for you. But thank you for joining us here on our program. Thank you, Benjamin. I hope to see you in Livingston next year. Uh, same here. Same here. That is Jean-Claude Robioko, who's a bean expert, who was uh, also part of the Pan-African Bean Bean Research Alliance. That's the Pan-African Bean Research Alliance. Uh, Thank you to also Rose Mutoku, who joined us on the line, who is uh, Kenya and uh, who is from Kenya, rather, and founder of the CEO Smart Logistics, a supplier of beans. What are your thoughts around this? Something that we take for granted, but as we heard, there's a lot of potential in this. Plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven. That's plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. Thank you for joining us. And now let's move on and get our economics update and our sports. From me, Benjamin Mushatama. Until next time, God bless.